0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Oil & Gas podcast uh, from Intercom. Today is Friday, September 13, uh, with your host, myself, Glenn Parrott, and co-host, Mr. Aaron Vandeford, Managing Director here. Good afternoon, Mr. Vandeford. Good afternoon. How's it going? Good. Excellent. Hey, listen, look, we recognize that we are seven weeks out from our last podcast. Um, I think the last one here was with uh, David Ramsden-Wood from uh, Hot Take of the Day and uh, (laughs) always fun and lively. And uh, we're a month out from our flagship event of the year, the oil and gas conference. And uh, so apologize uh, to uh, uh, our listeners out there who are expecting a little more frequency, but now that we're back, um, you can expect us to be a little more consistent. Uh, Things have been uh, super busy on the heels of that. Not that you want excuses, it's just, uh, it's a uh, a lot of activity, you know, we are a consulting firm and we're doing a lot of work around investor relations and websites and um, annual report you know, generation and, and ESG. That's the big topic this year. There was like an ESG slide in almost every
1: presentation. And, and I met with a couple of clients yesterday who, who didn't have it in there and they said, we're, we're going to add it in. <laughs> this, so uh, it, you, they need to. They really do. I whether mean, it's in uh, and they're being told this. It's kind of interesting that either in the appendix or, or somewhere in your prepared remarks, we want to see it.
0: The, um, the, the format for today is really just kind of to uh, recap the conference, just to uh, kind of bring some of those folks who weren't there or who hadn't seen it uh, or you know have been out to the website or haven't taken a look. Just give a real you know, brief overview around that and maybe kind of talk about some some topics and themes that we saw and heard about. And uh, and just kind of, uh, I, I think that was the the gist of it for uh, the intention around this podcast. So, well, I think there's plenty of meat to to go through from that week. So, yeah, i I thought we'd cover it a little bit. So, at the highlights, right? So, when we when we finish up this conference, we kind of reach out to uh, um, you know the presenters and, and more. You know, not to say more importantly, but just as important as our sponsors of the event. And I think that if you were a sponsor of the event, if you were a, a Netherlands Sewell or or Drilling Info, or, or CIBC, or Haynes & Boone, or DNB. Or, I mean, the, 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 the list of sponsors. I think that if, if you came away from the conference, you, you couldn't have felt terribly bad about that. And the reason I say that, I'm not just patting ourselves on the back, but that conference went um, better than I think I had any right to expect. And what I mean by that is is that, that, that you had investors in a very sort of dour mood, but everyone showed up we had great attendance, um, and 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 a lot of talking. Lot well, of- that that was
1: the thing that really struck me, and it was it was
0: yes, people showed up, uh,
1: and it wasn't just to to see a train wreck, right? You know, it was a constructive dialogue among amongst capital providers, banker on through to equity investor, uh, and and family office, all coming together trying to say, you know, what is it that that we can do here, and and you know we have seen the industry kind of taking some of these steps even in the past couple of weeks. Uh, but we'll, you know we'll get to some of those things where some things may be loosening up a little bit more on the capital markets on the debt side of things. But that's a, an important step, and I think it it it's a testament to uh, that dialogue that the the industry is willing to have, and you know, we saw at our conference.
0: Yeah, it, it's strange. I think that people were expecting worse and they actually had ended up having a a good time and great dialogue. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it really did. I hope, I hope it set the stage for a lot of the uh, discussions um, you know, for the remainder of the year here. But um, you know, some of the highlights that what we communicated on out first and foremost, uh, we, as we always start the conference, we have a charity, an annual charity golf tournament. It raised more than $10,000 for the Colorado initiative for inclusive higher education. It's a, it's a charity that can have very meaningful impact um, uh, for students with intellectual disabilities who, uh, you know successfully complete an inclusive post-secondary education and they realize a competitive employment rate of around 70% compared with 30% uh, for similar adults with no post-secondary education. So it's really it's a great opportunity and very happy with that and uh, a lot of you know happy with the participation. Overall, the conference, you know, we we hosted over uh, 84 presentations, um, you know, operational and development strategies from several private operators, public companies, industry leaders. The, uh, I think the one of the, well, I think the keynotes were actually really a a very good highlight. And if you didn't see it, we had keynote addresses from Cedric Berger, uh, CFO with Occidental, which was
1: pretty cool. It was the first... public presentation that they had given since the close of the merger, which happened the week prior.
0: And that if
1: and I'd love to say we planned that <laughs> well uh, we
0: did we well so we, we began this you know this but you know for those people who don't, um, I had seen Cedric at the Howard Wheel conference um, back in gosh it had to have been March of this year, 2019 and they were talking about their carbon sequestration uh, or carbon ventures group, I should say. And I came up to him and I was like, hey, look, man, this was a really, uh, that was really great. We would love to have you at, at Entercom. And he's like, yeah, that, that's great. And of course at the time, you know, I didn't know, but Cedric did, but you know, they were going through this process and about two weeks after the whole thing, and maybe I have said this already on a previous podcast, but if, if, so if I'm repeating myself, my apologies, but it was, uh about two weeks after the deal was completed you know, we get this phone call and uh, and I'm thinking to myself, Oh no, <laughs> uh, they say, I know it's closing in August and they're going to back out of this deal and they're not going to present an intercom. And uh, Cedric's like, Hey, yeah, you know, listen, I know that I committed to you that I wanted to talk about our carbon ventures group. And uh, I'm thinking, great, this is it. And he's like, Oh, um, you mind if I change the topic? <laughs> I keep telling that story because he he breezed on in Monday morning, just cool as a cucumber, you know, uh, showed on up. He, had, he hadn't given us this presentation yet. No. So I was a little bit worried about that because, uh, you know, sometimes these guys, you know, if they don't give you their presentation, you kind of get this idea, I guess, like they're not going to present. Comes on in, hands over a flash drive, here you guys go. And, uh, I'm like, oh, we're good to go. He's like, Oh yeah, I'm all over it. Guy was so cool. You know, we, we you know, sat down and he gave a great presentation. So if you haven't seen it for anybody out there, go out to the and the schedule he's on the Monday schedule as our lunch presentation. You can see it there. And he walked through the whole thing. Well, I think that was really the, the, the piece that I hadn't
1: seen, um, anywhere. And I, at, they hadn't really shared everything at that point. But they really walked through the the steps that they went through and why they did this deal and and how long that they yeah. had been working on this deal and, and kind of the chess moves going back and forth. And so I think it's a real testament to, uh, you know, the thought and and also the, the level of
0: effort that went into making this work. Yeah, and, and I think and the they'll vision, continue that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they had that vision, you know, two years prior. Mm-hmm. And it was... You know, this process that they went through, and I was like, "Wow, oh, that's really cool. And he didn't pull any punches. I mean, he no, not at all. <laughs> so I thought that was a real highlight of. and really- then it, and then last on on that
1: oh. too, uh, went upstairs, did a breakout, and that's spent right. another hour with folks making sure they really understood what was going on and 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 took that time to to educate the investor group.
0: Yeah, he almost went a little too long on the on the <laughs> breakout. It's like, I need that breakout for these other ones, but uh, but yeah, he, you're right. He gave a uh, for anybody who stuck around and watched. He he gave um, full commitment to to providing information. Mm-hmm. Was great,
1: which I think is important. I, I, you know, hearing uh, you know obviously the deal's done. There's there's folks that fall on either side of that deal, and I think now they they really have to own that, and they they seemingly
0: are. And you know, you mentioned this. They'd closed that deal the Friday prior to our conference kicking off. And if anybody had a good excuse to bail at the last minute, it was Cedric. And so I just, uh, Cedric, I'll just, as a personal note, thank you very much. Uh, And speaking on behalf of the audience there, they loved it. I have got so much positive feedback from people on that. Mm -hmm. So if you get the opportunity, check it out. It's actually really cool. Um, So a cool CFO yeah (laughs) um and that's not to take away from day two where we had a fireside chat that was our first fireside chat well let me i it's my first fireside Mm -hmm. chat was it
1: no that was a new format for us on on lunch and i really liked it um you know we had tom petrie uh with petrie Partman, or and (laughs) uh harold ham yeah up there really discussing yes continental but a little bit more high level where's Where's the industry headed and where does it need to go? And uh, that was, a, I think, something we should do again.
0: Yeah, I would love to. And I think that, you know, Tom did a great job from a, a, a moderator. I don't want to say moderator because that's not quite right. Interviewer. But, right. um But getting the opportunity to have a, a, a dialogue with with Harold Hamm, that was a real highlight for me. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that.
1: So, yeah, I mean, you, you talk about, and I, I, I we almost got a twofer in that right <laughs> right and so here's two guys that are very passionate and and well versed in the global oil markets uh, having a dialogue and and we got to witness that dialogue and you know I think we're we're seeing some of the predictions that that were coming out of that presentation .ie rig counts coming down yeah um, to a level of of I think Harold ham said we need to get down to 700 rigs onshore u.s rigs to be free cash flow positive for the industry and so we're marching our way down there
0: the report today down another 12 yeah to 870 something 878
1: Mm -hmm.
0: so um uh that was was, again go out to the conference website check it on out um it's all up there for everyone to see um on the on day three uh again you know who knew we were going to get a global super major, any, um, to, uh, to present, uh, very happy. Uh, Andrew Lees was a, a was a, a, a sort of an acquaintance with intercom. And, uh, again, we met him back in March. Uh, literally that was a meeting that we sat down at a bar, um, after a presentation at Howard wheel. And it was like, you know what, you guys really, you need to be there. And, uh, and Andrew was just a stand-up guy took that as an opportunity. It was like, yeah, we would love to be able to do that. And I just really appreciate those guys making the effort and coming on out. And, um, you know, again, just, a, um, how often do I get the chance to have a company like that in the international space come present and, uh there's a keynote address, I should say. Mm-hmm. So that, uh, I thought those were, were three really good highlights. So, um, moving along from there, uh, we also had uh, five panel discussions. Uh, we covered LNG and export issues. Uh, concerns around you know, water like We had a water panel, sand panel, service panel, um, as well as a private company panel on the last day. Um, really focused on the issues around operations here, company operations here in Colorado. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, as far as the conference went, again, you know, more than 850. I think one-on-one meeting requests were all managed. Uh, 2,000 page views plus, actually now, uh, around 2,500 page views on the digital conference book. So, so these are all resources that that you know were put online, and people can go out and they can check it out, and take a look at, and and get you know up-to-date information on each one of these companies. One thing that was really interesting to me was that we had this increase of uh, royalty companies. Yeah. I think we had, what, six?
1: I think we did have six, which yeah. was, I mean, it was awesome to see. I think we got a lot of interest from the the royalty group. Um, you know, Brigham Minerals was one that was was new, yep. uh, not only to our conference, but new to the market. Uh, we'd, we'd known the Brigham folks back when they were, you know, Brigham Exploration up in the Bakken. But, you know, to see a company have the support of the market, uh, from a royalties perspective, be able to do an IPO, that also translated into the level of interest and of of investors to to speak and understand maybe another component and another way to invest in this space.
0: Yeah, I really do think that those companies are saying or telling the story that the investors right now really want to hear. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're generating free cash, they're, you know, providing in essence this yield, really, which is what. Um, you know, some of the investors may not find that overly sexy, but, but it's what they want. And so, you know, we had, uh, not just Brigham, uh, Kimball royalty partners, they were new. Mm-hmm. Um, we had, uh, uh, Falcon minerals, which was sort of a, a late addition. No, that's so, right. yep. uh, thank you, uh, Brian Gunderson, uh, Brian Bagley for making that happen. <laughs> they came on in. Um, so it was good to see these guys. Um, Freeport and, uh, um, Blackstone minerals yep. as well. Blackstone's always, they, they're, they're, uh, I would say perennial presenters. They're great. They're great. And then we had groups
1: like Panhandle as well, who yep. has a, a large yeah. mineral group. Per- exactly. Group. So,
0: yeah. So, um, so overall, um, I, I, I thought that was a, a nice mix. Uh, we also had a good representation from, uh, Canadians and Canadian interests mm-hmm. there, um, and I uh, was very pleased with uh, that mix where we had, what was it, um, Baytex came on in and... Um, with
1: Baytex, we had 7Gen. Um, yeah. We had
0: some, some really quality-type names coming in. Well, what I was thinking about, around the Canadians, actually, sure. more than anything, was while... I think that maybe the one-on-ones were potentially a little bit lighter this year. We had great breakout participation. I mean, if you were a Betex or a 7Gen and you, I mean, or a Vermillion, um, also these guys, you know, always present and we appreciate that. And, um, but, but the, the breakouts were full. And I guess the, I guess one of the comments that I heard around that was, and I think maybe actually you were saying it, you were telling an investor, I believe, Mm-hmm that, you know, hey, maybe I'm more comfortable than a crowd.
1: Well, and I heard this. It, it it was, you know, I think it speaks to a little bit to where you are in the cycle. Uh, and I'll say where we are in the cycle. Um, as an investor, sometimes you want to sit right across the management team and hammer out some things and really get your model worked through. Uh, there's other times and other years, and we've seen this throughout cycles in the conference, where, man, I'd really just like to kind of hear what everyone else is talking about. I need to hear what questions they're asking because that becomes equally as important to my investment thesis. Mm-hmm. Uh, get an understanding of the holistic picture of, of a story and and incorporate that into my models. And, you know, the one-on-ones maybe are less valuable than than actually sitting in this group environment to, to that. And so, you know, when you have to make a choice, uh, I think we saw those breakout rooms, as you mentioned, were, were packed. Yeah. And I think that that really speaks to a little bit on where, where folks are in their heads on, on the, uh, in this cycle.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and again, speaking of it, just, uh, again, the, I felt the, and we can talk a little bit about the attendance later on, but it, uh, it, it felt there was a good vibe mm-hmm. in my mind. Yeah, so no, absolutely. The, um, so the, the panels, uh, I think, generally um, also very well uh, attended. And you, my friend, uh, moderated one of those panels. I did. <laughs> I did. I love
1: moderating uh, the panels. That's because you're yeah. good at it.
0: You're better than anyone else here. Crying out loud.
1: Well, uh, it was Well, it, it's a lot of fun. And I think we learned some things from, uh, you know, the sand side of the business. We, we had really just some... Really strong sand providers up there, all thinking creatively about sand mm-hmm. and how do they work with companies. Uh, the service panel I thought was was awesome. Right. We had we had a tech group component to it. We had you know kind of this workover component, um, and and all of them kind of came together in thinking creatively with their customer. ESG definitely was a, a point where. You know, we we hear a lot from the EMP operators, but it's it's not just
0: an EMP issue,
1: it's a oil filled service. Well before uh, we before we well. get to
0: ESG, yeah. I I do I would want to give a shout out to um, on our, our panel moderation, especially on the service side. Mm-hmm. You know, um, those it really is super beneficial when we have somebody like Tracy Ferris from conference sponsor, Moss Adams. (laughs) And, you know, I I say that jokingly, but seriously, as a sponsor, um, you know, I've almost come to rely on Tracy Mm -hmm. to just do an excellent job. She's so professional and so well-prepared and has everything outlined in advance. So it runs so well. I just, um, uh, again, another shout out, and that would be to, to Tracy and to Moss Adams and uh, they just did a great job. Not to take away, I think you did a great job, too.
1: <laughs> but, no, I, but. I, I, I totally agree. And, uh, you know, we had, we had Dan, uh, one of our new directors, focused on ESG. Uh, but he ran an LNG panel. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's been more and more discussion as new LNG facilities come online. We're resourcing gas. And I think that that was uh, another important discussion. And then certainly the private company panel. Uh, where we focused on Colorado issues was a, I think from an investor standpoint, if I was sitting there, man, I think I probably had one of the, the best presentations to sit through yeah. in a in a holistic panel because I, I had three guys giving a really honest opinion of what they're actually going through here in the, in the DJ yeah, uh, and, and, you know, very much open for business, very much uh, an open book on here's kind of the the struggles we we have, uh, permitting and getting things done,
0: and man, we're we're really working. And uh, Brad Elliott, with uh, again conference sponsor McGriff, um, you know, we talked about it ahead of the conference. It had to have been about maybe three weeks ahead of the conference, which we normally have a little bit more of a, a runway. But um, you know, we we're talking to him and said, hey, you know, what, what would you think about moderating this private company panel? And he was all over it. Again, consummate professional, got in there. And uh, man, if you had any concerns or were wondering about investing in Colorado in the current environment, you're absolutely right, man. It was, um, I, I thought it was about as forthright as you could be and and really, it was a packed room. Yeah. For the last day of the conference, the last presentations. Oh, you couldn't ask for it to be any better than that.
1: Yeah. No, I, I appreciate all those guys. And I, I think that, that's actually one of my favorite, if you can't tell, my, one of my favorite things every year is, is to listen to the private companies. Yeah. And we had some sprinkled throughout the, the entire agenda as well, uh, because I think you get a different perspective than the traditional public company uh, presentation. And uh, I think those are important additions to our event, too. <laughs> uh,
0: that's no joke. I, I mean, it's I don't want to say it's not as polished, because it is polished, mm-hmm. but um, Rich from I felt was uh, pretty relaxed and he had no problem saying, no, you know what? I don't agree with that at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I love Dave Keat
1: getting up there with his, he had just had sold uh, shoulder surgery. That's right. And so he was in there in his sling and he said, this is what it looks like after I come out of a banker's meeting or something like that.
0: <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so those are kind of the, 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 the high level, Um, aspects of the conference. Again, as you kind of noted before I cut you off, ESG topically, um, it's very much um, front and center for investors. And I'd submit that, again, I have not seen so many ESG slides slotted into investor presentations. Mm -hmm. um, Well, ever, to be honest.
1: No, it's certainly making its way not only as a component to the website, uh, or a, a a twice a year document that you put out to your to your investor base. Uh, I think companies are, are finding opportunities to speak a little bit more to it, um, and and I think they're living this already. And, and we've we've talked about this in the past, where this is really about a lot of companies coming out and saying what they're already doing, yeah, uh, and messaging and communicating that, uh, and so when we talk about that rule of seven idea, you know, you may have to find someone seven different times at seven different places for this to click. And so it's natural that you're gonna to start to see and hear this, you know, in your presentations, maybe on some conference calls, maybe in some, some press releases, obviously the website uh, and, part, and come become part of a natural dialogue uh, with the investment community.
0: And the investment community, you know, companies are, uh, what you're really doing is you're arming investors to n- not just get comfortable, but to be able to tell others, you know, your story.
1: No, that, that's exactly right. And I think this is more about, um, you know, successful ESG. There, there's obviously some some overall umbrellas that we all believe in and 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 guidelines to go by. But it's really the genuine message of here's what we're doing, and here's a little bit more about our culture and what we're what we stand for, how we do business. Um, that I think is really the some of the important parts. As you're going through there, it's not just to to necessarily check boxes for anyone. It it I think lends another lens into the way management thinks about their business. Yeah.
0: Um, another uh, and I didn't mean to to skip completely by it and other, uh, you know, oftentimes, at least I've heard in the past where people are, you know, they're like, oh, Intercom is just an EMP conference. Not necessarily true. I think that again, you you saw uh, good representation from royalty companies. Uh, we also saw uh, good representation from the service guys. Mm-hmm. And, and again, I, a shout out to Chris Wright and Liberty. Um, those guys, Chris always gives a great presentation um, and he sprinkles in, um, you know, sort of the, not just a pure investor presentation, but their their corporate philosophy mm-hmm. um, and and how they look at the world and their and, and and you know their concerns around the environment as well. So it's it's all very timely and topical for them. And uh, you know, uh, certainly Core Labs is there uh, again, a perennial at the conference. But yep. uh, additionally, Core Energy Infrastructure Trust and these guys are. Uh, again, this sort of spectrum of companies, and they're all coming out and, you know, hey, yeah, this is a, a, a tough market environment, but, you know, this is how we're navigating. And I thought it was, uh, uh, if I were, again, you know, a sponsor of the event, I'm thinking to myself, okay, I, I got I get good value out of, you know, this whole broad swath of of information and participation. So, shameless plug for Intercom. <laughs> yeah. But it, no, it, it, it was good, especially if you, um, you yeah, know, interested in the conference.
1: Yeah, no, I, and I, you know, leading up to it, it's a lot of work. Our team does an amazing job coming together and putting that together. But that is one of my favorite events because I, I, think there is so much dialogue that happens at that conference, um, and it it does lend a whole new perspective, uh, or or solidify some of the thoughts that you may have for the back half of the year. Um, and so I definitely, I enjoyed it.
0: Yeah. And, you know, the feedback, I think, generally positive. Um, you know, people, uh, you know, they, I will say this. <laughs> I talked about David uh, Ramson Wood. You know, he, he was there. He was invited. He, you know, certainly he's opinionated and he reviewed the, uh, the conference on a daily basis on his hot take of the day. I guess one of the things that he mentioned was, hey, maybe this wasn't the best time to host an energy investor conference. And I, my, my take on that one for you, David, is that may be, but you got to understand these things are organized a year in advance. And, you know, to be honest with you, a year ago, it was a different picture. I mean, it just was. Well,
1: and I'll, I'll, I'll even take that a step further and I'll, you know, hashtag hot take of the day. <laughs> Every time is a good time to talk and convey your message. Right. And, and certainly, um, You know, it may not feel good, but it is imperative that companies, even when it doesn't feel good, be active in those communications. Because if you're not, they will be made for you. Don't stick your head in the sand. That's right.
0: Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And that's, we're advocates of that. You've heard it on this podcast before. Get out there and talk and have dialogue and allow people the opportunity to ask you questions. Sure. Um, The, uh. You know, I think w- there were some commentary. Uh, Neil uh, Dingman with SunTrust, um, great guy. Uh, his numbers were off. Uh, he made some assertion like we were down 25% on attendance, which was not the case. It wasn't true. Um, we were down a skosh, but, uh, but not nearly that amount at all. Um, it's more around the 10% mark. But um, I thought Jim Wicklin with Stevens, um, his review, um, probably spot on. Uh, you know, here's a guy who, who, uh, very experienced, uh, been coming to the conference forever, um, knows the industry as well as anybody out there. And he's like, yeah, you know what? Maybe it's a little more credit heavy, but understandable. And so he gets it and, yeah. uh, wasn't using it as an opportunity to, to be critical, but just, Hey, this is what the world looks like and it's okay.
1: Well, I, I think that's one of the things that I really also like about this event is it tends to be a, a kind of a great snapshot of where the industry is in a in a cycle, and so you know you can you can get a really good sense over a course of four days of what what's going on, whether it's you know a bunch of of a little bit more bank heavy type meetings, equity guys. Uh, is it a you know all the all the flares every year? You get a really good sense of here's where we are in this cycle, yeah. uh, up or down.
0: So what would be, from your perspective, number one takeaway? My number one takeaway
1: was the companies are ready to have constructive conversations with the in the, the capital markets. And and so what I mean by that is management teams want to think creatively, constructively. Uh, and, and this is really this entrepreneurial spirit that a lot of these companies and management teams have to find value, to continue to move the, their assets, their operations forward, whether that be through M&A, whether that be through negotiations on your RBL, uh, whether that be through uh, finding opportunities to implement a dividend or, or change the, the free cash flow structure of their business, those are all creative avenues that management teams, I think, want to have. And so I, I, I think last year, maybe the year before, we saw companies kind of a little bit more in that digging a hole environment and the investor's like, hey, come talk to us, come talk to us. Right. This was completely opposite where we had management saying, I really want to tell you about the story because I'm really excited about what we got here. We have got some really cool things. And, and I think that came away in that dialogue
0: for me. And what are the, are the investors finding what they're looking for?
1: I think we're, I mean, there's no doubt we are seeing companies transition uh, to being this potential free cash flow generator, uh, and and I think that's driven by capital, and so I think investors are seeing what they want. Um, I will say that that it's going to be a hard road for a lot of these companies to actually look like what they think the market wants from them. And so I think that that may be driving some of the, the M&A that we've seen in the market in the past couple of weeks. Okay, I was like, going
0: to say, let's, let's, uh, let's shift gears a little bit. Sure. And talk M&A. Yeah. And
1: so we saw uh, the Cal and Parizzo deal announced after our conference. I think it was after our conference or right before.
0: It was right in that time frame. Yeah. It's all a blur.
1: Um, <laughs> and that, that's a deal that, hey, here's two Permian guys trying to get some size and scale, uh, kind of what we need to, to get this vision of free cash flow um and it hadn't done all that well uh now it's not closed yet and now recently they they've got an activist banging on the door saying hey let's let's step away from this and so not all investors are all on the same page with here's what we want to do yeah Um, don't just
0: do a deal just for the sake of it i mean right very odd but yeah like, does it make sense now? If you think about SRC and PDC, to me that, on-
1: that's another deal that that I think makes a little bit more sense when right. you start to think about. All right, this is really acreage that is right next to each other. Yeah, uh, here we are in in a an area where we can make some real adjustments between these two firms and, and kind of have some horsepower. And then I think the way that it was structured as a, everyone's calling it a zero premium deal, you know, that was well received and both, both stocks have, have been rewarded from that.
0: Yeah, it really was, wasn't it? Yeah. It, it uh, yeah it was, I haven't heard uh, or seen much in the way of it being sort of negatively received. It's like everyone was like, yeah,
1: that makes sense. That makes sense. And, and so I think that that, you know, not all deals are created equal and you know, I think the the PDC and SRC gave a little bit more comfort to the market on on hey we could do some more deals like this uh, so I you know there's potentially some more to come on that um, this past week we saw uh, WPX refinance uh, issue some new debt and, and retire some mm-hmm. and that is something that as one analyst put it you know this we would never really talk about this this kind of normal course of business but this is a little bit more of an un a loosening up of of, uh, of the market being willing to refinance debt out uh, so that was really positive to see for a company that uh, is, is tremendously well run uh, but you know that that's a real positive we saw Chesapeake uh, this week uh, with a debt for equity swap from Franklin so I think Franklin is in a position to be a real leader uh, on that debt side to to think creatively for for balance sheets. and so I thought that that was a, a great first step to to see maybe some additional optionality for for other companies out there to find ways to again, like I said think creatively with their their capital uh, across the board.
0: also um. I guess on the on the m a side right ahead of the conference again we uh, we saw midstates and amplify No, that's right and 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 uh, Martin with uh, with amplify came and presented mm-hmm. yeah, it was great to see those guys there um certainly a smaller deal but uh, but yeah really kind of speaking towards this notion about hey we can you know pull these assets together where it makes sense uh,
1: where it makes sense and I think that there's a there's a An opportunity to again it's all about the the tenants that never go out of style right be a low-cost operator get a balance sheet that that can be uh, bomb proofed if you will Uh, have good assets that and I I always liked the phrase assets better than management so you know if if your assets are really really good a management team can help manage and get those things forward Uh Uh, and certainly you want to put a good team in and around it. But if you got those things or if you can get to that by putting some companies together and, and address some of these issues, you're really positioning these companies to succeed in the long term.
0: So you're expecting to see
1: more throughout the year? So everyone's been talking about <laughs> M&A is coming, M&A is coming. Huh. And it hasn't happened. Now, we have seen these one-off deals. And, right. You know, we've certainly seen, you know, the Occidental deal was a big one. Uh, PDC and SRC, Callan and Carrizo, these are corporate deals that make sense. And if you start to look at that, this is you know my perception of it. if you start to look at where some of these companies are trading, and if, if we're comfortable with a zero premium deal and managements and boards are okay with the hey, half of us are gonna get to stick around and the other half isn't. Right. Then yeah, I think you're going to see a lot of deals get get done, and and some I think will fall into the the. Why did we? Why did they do that? I kind All of right. scratch my head, and then I think there's some that are just very natural that everyone's going to say, yeah, that's a that's a winner. Do you think uh, 2020 is more active? Man, I yeah, I think it probably is. The longer this. This environment goes along. It
0: can't be worse, right?
1: It can't be. It really can't. Um, but as you as you think about, so one or two things is going to happen, uh, and maybe we'll keep going down this hybrid road. But you know, either the capital markets will come to the table and say, "Look, we're willing to support," and I, you know that that is guys like Franklin. Those are, are you know bank groups that are willing to refinance and and push. Some of these maturities out and, and not be worried about, hey, we're the inside maturity here. Um either that'll loosen up or it'll be taken care of through MA. All right. And the one that I, I got one more I want to talk about. Yeah, go for it.
0: Parker drilling. <laughs> how how do these guys? <laughs> the most read <laughs> article on oil and gas 360, our publication, uh this week.
1: Really? Yeah, dude. I, I day believe over it. Day. Yeah. And this this is <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, Parker uh, put it out an announcement and you know, it's not closed, it's it's subject to shareholder vote, where they have said, you know, we've we've got a path, we're thinly traded, we can save eight hundred thousand dollars, you guys, and not be publicly traded anymore. Delist themselves. Delist themselves, not buy out the shares, yeah. just say, Hey, by the way, any shareholders come knock on our door we'll we'll just negotiate a a deal anytime you guys want to trade but yeah we're not we're not going to be filing sec filings we're not going to be doing this we just don't see the benefit of being a public company yeah. i mean this is <laughs> i think you would put on linkedin i'm taking my ball and going home
0: <laughs> yeah you know it because it was this 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 is a very strange thing you're like huh well I, you know, if you're looking out there, and I don't know, I haven't talked to anybody at Parker Drilling, but just from the outside, looking at it, you're thinking, you know, it, it's strange. You know, it's, you almost get this feeling that that they're looking out going, all right, well, if there are no investors interested in us, why are we putting up with the regulatory world, uh, mandated SEC you know, filings? You know what? We're just not going to do that. Yeah. And, and so it, the optics are very weird on it.
1: and. I have had com- some conversations with some some investors just to understand a little bit more. All right, I haven't seen anything like this. What What are your thoughts? Yeah, and and you know, I think the overriding uh, response has been, "Man, that's a very short term view," or or they have something else they're thinking uh-huh. because it thought about that. it closes yeah. off a lot of opportunity for whether it be an M and A. So, you know, one of the catalysts for M&A, and particularly for a private company, is to say, hey, here's a vehicle where we can take some capital out of this. Right. So now they've closed off that kind of avenue for huh. them. Yeah. Uh, they've certainly done it in a the most unfriendly shareholder <laughs> manner I could ever think of. Uh, unless you own 99
0: shares, you're going to get a premium and a buyout. You know, that's that's the strange thing, right? What about these guys who... You're an employee and you have it in your retirement fund. Yeah, there's no way that
1: they're going to be able to keep and hold these types of things. Yeah. And and so, you know, maybe there's other motives that we don't know about. But, you know, from the outside, it's a very strange deal. It seems very short term, uh, but kind of speaks to some of the probably emotional side of it. A lot of the management teams are feeling, man, we should if I see. could just be private, let make this happen for me. Yeah. And and I think, you know, longer term that's that's probably not gonna be a, a great decision for those guys. Huh. Um we should see if we can get them on the
0: podcast, if they're willing to talk.
1: Come on out. I would love to talk to you about this deal because it, it fascinates me. I think it's really, really interesting. Yeah. Um But uh yeah, it that, that was one that I, I wanted to make sure that
0: Yeah. How many bosses are out there? To, what again saying?
1: <laughs> hey Yeah. Hey, by the way, we we could probably get down
0: to three hundred shareholders. We're on our path already. So tell me how we're going to get there, okay? I'm yeah. just curious. Um, asking for a friend. Yeah, asking for a friend.
1: That's right. Uh, but that'll be that'll be an interesting one to uh, to kind of follow and watch and and maybe learn a little bit more about what path that that really is and what hmm. that looks like.
0: Yeah. No, and and again, you know, it's because we watch these uh, uh, analytics and these metrics day over day. Um, with the news sources that come out on 360 uh, when we're when we publish them, and, and that one every day is at the top of the list. Just for this past week. Well, and, yeah. I mean, well, see here. I mean, it's, I think it's people are—they're all doing the same thing, kind of like you, kind of scratching their head, going, "Huh." Here's a company that, that
1: has less than a half, uh, 0.5 times um, debt to EBITDA on kind of a run rate. Hmm. Really healthy balance sheet. Yeah, they're not getting traded very well. But again, and I... Is it pretty thin? I, it's thinly traded. Yeah. They came out of a restructuring, and 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 so everything's clean. Hmm. $20 plus share price, couple hundred million dollar market cap, not going away anytime soon. There's no seeming distress that would, would cause this. And yet, $800,000 is what we're going to save here. <laughs> this, it's not like a... Yeah. a <laughs> a whole lot of money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, something like that
0: has a huge, you know, ten million dollars savings. No, nothing no, like that. No, eight hundred thousand dollars a year. We're saving filing fees. So yeah, uh,
1: and so you know,
0: did this come out of the board? I, I don't recall. Oh,
1: yeah, I no. That, so money. they, it has uh, board full board approval, full management approval, and uh, they named Varde, uh okay. who's their largest shareholder, with thirty nine percent as as being supportive of it as well. So it, it, it's, a, it's an interesting deal. Something um, to
0: keep an eye on. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, you know, it's certainly going to be interesting to watch, see how the rest of this year pans out. Uh, you know, I think at, at this time last year, you know, a month out of the conference, everything looked fairly peachy. Uh, you know, we're all on this right path. And, you know, then – President Trump granted Iranian sanction waivers. Uh, massive oversupply in the market, followed by this—you know—effectively this really um, decoupling between the commodity price market environment and share valuations for uh, U.S. companies, and that's maintained throughout 2019. So who knows what's going to happen next month and the month after? And
1: you know what we need to do on one of our next podcasts coming up here. Hmm we need to talk about the political environment. We need to get Dan in here, who's doing some government relations and, and ESG, and kind of talk because I think he's got some interesting perspectives in, in going into a, an election year on what yeah. implications that could have um, for any real recovery in, in energy markets and, and things like that. And so I think that would that could be an
0: interesting discussion too. Alright, everyone, you heard it, you heard it here first. We're going to be doing a uh, government relations uh, podcast here, upcoming. Yeah, <laughs> I think we should. No, I, I I'm all for that. I think that's great. So, hey, listen, everybody, thank you for listening. Uh, that was it, unless you had anything else. No. on this one, but we wanted to give you an update on the oil and gas conference, kind of some timely and topical thoughts uh, around M and A. And as always, if you have any questions, uh, send it to ogpodcast at entercom inc. Uh, On behalf of Mr. Vandeford, I'm Glenn Parrott, and thank you for listening to Entercom's The Oil and Gas Podcast.